0: Alright, alright, good morning, good morning. Alright. Should I tell the one that's I'm hearing the bass? Uh, where? When? When you're playing? Like, I hear a bass. There's a bass and a guitar. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know which one you're hearing though. One, is there one too loud? No one, love it. Oh, if it's really low and rumbly, that's the yes. bass. That's the bass. higher pitch one is the guitar. Yeah, yeah, you can hear the base. Base is cool. Let oh, trace. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, if this is your first time with us, our Treehouse kids are getting ready to dismiss. If you have elementary school age kids, they are welcome to go. Are they leaving with you, Miss Audrey? All right, that's Miss Audrey, We've man. Audrey's a wonderful human Bay, and She's about to take the kids. Uh, youth ministry is also dismissed. If you're dismissed, if you're part of the youth group, you probably already left. Uh, alrighty. We just got one more quarter Here. here. Well, good morning.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Michael. I'm
0: one of the uh, one of the elders here, and we. And this is an exciting day, uh, not only because Stuart finally made it to the building. Thanks, Stuart. Stuart kept telling me this morning he was on his way inside, and never came inside, so that's great. But we are in uh, uh, a series. Uh, we're starting one today on the book of Jonah. Uh, so yeah, uh, today said yay, and we're calling it the Battle of Two Wills, and you're going to see why as we get into the book. Uh, but we, we've come up with a very long series called The Language of Faith, so we're, we're diving back into it. So over the next uh, several weeks, we're going to be reading Jonah today. We're in Jonah chapter 1, if you want to open up your Bible there. Uh, but if this is your first time joining us, we do, uh, the next slide is we, uh, a lot of times we get questions, right? So there's something you've heard, or maybe, uh, you know, I'm not the most eloquent human being, so maybe I've explained something wrong, or something, you've heard something different about the text. You can text us a, your question. I'll go to one of our phones, and then Pastor Trace and I will come up here at the end and, and do our best to answer the questions. Um, I've heard, and I know my phone does not work well in this building. Uh, we, it used to be an open Wi-Fi in here, so we're working out the issue where they put a password on the guest Wi-Fi in case you're wondering, I can't get on this. We are working out that issue right now, so hopefully we'll have this resolved in the next week or two. So if you have a question and just can't wait, you can always come up to us at the end and help all right, sound good? Okay, so let's pray really quick, and then let's start the book of Jonah. Heavenly Father, again, we stop to bow our heads and our hearts just to uh, say thank you. Uh, we know that it is your spirit that gives us eyes to see and ears to hear. So we just we just pray that we would uh, learn what this is about, why you included this in our Bible, and how is it applicable to us, Father God, and what should we do about this text. So we thank you for all these sins. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so if you're anything like me, uh, my kids are older now. uh, I'm married. My wife isn't here today, Uh, but we have two kids. Uh, They're both in college, and uh, the mainstay in our house when they were growing up was a show called VeggieTales. Please let me know if you've seen VeggieTales. Not heard of, seen. Yes, yes. I mean, you can't be a Christian more than like a month and have a kid, and VeggieTales is like, here we go. Let's do this, right? And so uh, uh, Tim Mackey at the Bible Project, he he always says about Jonah, he says, Jonah suffers from what he calls... The vegetale problem, right? And he said every pastor's job is to clear off the vegetation off of the Book of Jonah. So if you hit me with some pictures, in case you don't know, this is Larry. <laughs> these are the jokers responsible for most of our knowledge of the Book of Jonah. We got one more picture, actually. This is from the movie Jonah. Might look familiar. Pirates the pirates who don't know or do anything. I think they don't do anything. But in general, Jonah is one of these great books that kids literature latches onto right? And why is that? Because it's a fish. Because the fish, yeah, it's <laughs> a big tale, right? Like this is a grand, and it captures the imagination. And so, again, when we say the book of Jonah, even to people that aren't Christians, we automatically think the fish or the whale, right? But there's this great quote, I, I think that's what we have next. here. put this quote up here. That's by um, a guy in the late 1800s, early 1900s. He says, men have been looking so hard at the great fish, they have failed to see the great God." Now, the fish is a very, very small piece of the story. It's going to pop up at the end of chapter one, into chapter two, but it's not the point of the story. So I think our job, uh, my job today really is, uh, I've kind of got a weird one. Is we're, we're doing chapter one, but I'm going to give you kind of like an introduction to what the, like some things that are happening in the book that we want to pay attention to, so in these greater themes that are happening in the book. And like Tim Mackey says, it's clearing away the vegetation is because, uh, you know, it's, it's funny to laugh at but we do, we're influenced by culture, right? By, by kids I media. If you have kids and you've watched these things, a lot of uh, these Bible tales, they get reduced, and rightfully so, into moral tales, like be nice to your neighbor, be nice to people. That I mean that's kind of the, the impetus of, of the veggie tales one, right? It's a city of people slapping each other with each other with fish. And I haven't seen this thing in fifteen years, and I still have the same memorized, right? Like I know I've, I know that movie better than the book of Jonah, which I'm about to preach to you. Uh, but the point is, is it influences us? It's like, well, Jonah is actually really not a moral tale at all. It's not telling us to be nice to anybody. It's like there's something much deeper and greater going on there. So that's going to be our goal today. Now, if we start with Jonah 1-1, if you have your Bibles up, I'm going to eventually read all of one, but I want to point out a couple things here uh, for like an opening to this book. Jonah starts off like any other pro- uh, 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 prophetic message. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, said, so uh, give me that next slide, Lee. So I didn't put them all up here, but almost every um, book of prophecy starts with something, similar. Some the word of the Lord came to Micah. This is literally the next, if you turn your Bible over, that's your next page. The words of Jeremiah, the son said, to whom the word of the Lord came. The word of the Lord came to Joel, right? So it always starts with this idea is that these books are about this message that God has for people. And that's the context of the book is this message. Jonah is weird because it's not about the message. It's about the prophet. The message is almost inconsequential to the story. right? We're going to read this thing and a result happens. But that's not the point of this book. So this book alone stands out. It's not about the word of the Lord. It's actually about the prophet of the Lord. It's a problem. It might surprise you to know, and maybe you know this, but Jonah is actually the bad guy in this story. right? So we have a story set up. It's not the Nineveh. It's like in the Veggie tales, right? It's these fish slapping terrible human beings. But the problem in this book is actually it's God's servant, the problem in this book. Right? So this is a, it's gonna, we're really meant to reflect on Jonah. So we want to also mention I, uh, you know, I'm not gonna preach Jonah 4, so uh, Nick, who's gonna do Jonah 4. said, hey, I, I wanna steal uh, just one of your texts. I'm not gonna preach from it. But we have to answer the question. So if you don't know the book of Jonah at all, we're going to read this, is God gives him a message, and Jonah decides to tell God no and run from it. So I want to answer the question up front is why did Jonah run? Because you might be thinking this, like he's scared of God. We could have all these things, and these are all false. And Jonah ran for one reason, one reason only. This is found in 4, 2, and 3. It says, Jonah speaking to God, he said, this is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. To put this in English terms is: Jonah hated the Ninevites. He did not want God's repentance to come to the city. God said, "I want you to deliver this message," and Jonah's like, "No." He goes, "He's like, I knew once I brought that message, you would repent of destroying them." You see what's happening here? That Jonah wanted Nineveh to be destroyed. Now, we have words for this. Like, and this is going to be a major theme. Uh, I think it happens in the Bible a lot. You've heard of this. Have you ever heard of uh, a xenophobe? Have you heard of someone that doesn't like other cultures or people? You've heard of racism. We've heard we have all these words. And the Bible talks a lot about these things. And here he's calling out Jonah because Jonah hated a people group. And he wanted them destroyed. And so he willingly didn't deliver a message to them so God would destroy them. Right, it's like okay, this is okay. Yeah, Jonah's is not a good guy. Right. Now, in our culture today, we hear these words a lot, and people use them. We throw them around, kind of harshly, right? If you don't agree with somebody, you, you can call them something. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But the Bible is very severe about this. Remember the good Samaritan. Remember the, the Samaritans in the Bible. Did the Jews like the Samaritans? Right. We we can call that what, call it what you will, right? But a, a group of people hated another group of people. Is that good in God's eyes? No. And those are his people. He's always calling them out. He said, Why how can you hate a whole people group? Right? We believe, and I think you believe as well, is that God is the Father of all living beings, right? Whether they serve him or not, that man is made in his image. And so Jonah here has decided to reject this message to bring judgment upon a people. Now, if we stop and pause, because we don't want to learn Jonah just for the sake of learning the Bible, like you're going to get a great Bible quiz and you're going to be able to pass it. We want to be able to apply this, right? The word is only as good as we, we live it out, right? Knowing something and doing something are completely different things. So let's pause for a moment and think about our culture, the message we have. And I'm not saying you are doing this, right? Right? So pause, like, don't get offended at me. I'm not saying you, but just think. Maybe it is you. Maybe you should be offended, but just pause. Do we have Christianity like this in our culture that is exclusive and they want other people groups to be judged and left alone. Absolutely. People that have a life-saving message but have shut their hearts up and decided not to interface with other communities. Mm-hmm. To not show the love of God. Right? I mean, it, it, it crosses culture. It crosses color. It crosses religion. Remember, I don't know, some of you were too young, but most of us here, and you know, I was in the service when 9-11 happened. I'm telling you, Muslims had a real rough go during that time. Right? Like the Japanese in World War II. Probably was not a good time to be Japanese in the United States during World War II. We can say what we want. Like, hey, what do we do? That's beside the point. But we know that it happens. And if we think about our Christianity today, let's not judge the world. The Bible says judgment begins in the house of God. So let's not judge what's outside. Let's judge us. Other people that get called by the name of Christ. How are we being responsible with this message? Are we going out amongst the lost? Like people that really need to hear this. And sometimes it's just what we view as sinful. Some people won't hang out with people groups because their lifestyle is sinful. God's judgment is upon that group. I, you know, I'm just going to talk bad about it. You're Jonah. Here's the whole set of why I'm talking about this. is Because Jonah is not for us to sit there and look at what a terrible human being Jonah is. It's meant to be a mirror. Look at God's people. I've given you this message and look what you have done. Right, you've held it in, and it's it's tough. So you need to remember this. Who is Jonah? Say, I am Jonah. I am Jonah. So when we talk about how ridiculous Jonah is, we realize that we are. And I'm not just saying you like I'm perfect. I'm worse than you are, right? This we've all got a long ways to go. Second Peter three nine says this: The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise that some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, that we shall all reach repentance. So Jonah, by rejecting to deliver this message, is is fighting against the will of God. So if you asked me, and I think this is fair, if you keep that up on the screen, is God's will to save and redeem people? Yes. Yes. Is God's will to redeem and save all people? Yes. Yes. Does it happen? No. No. Right? That's ridiculous because we know that's not true. But when Jonah decides to fight against this because he thinks he knows better, we now have Jonah's will fighting against God's will. And whether you believe that God is, you know, he chooses who's saved or not, this isn't about that. But we know from scripture that God's heart is for every single human being. That as Christians when we're commanded to love, the Bible says to love and pray for your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Right? We're to work even harder for those people we don't get along with, those people that are different from us. God wants to break down the walls of separation between his peoples. And man is bent upon building walls between each other. That's what we do best, right? Is Here's why we're different, let's just separate. And God wants to bring together in one. Amen? Amen. Because his desire is for every single human being. There's no person not worthy of the love of Christ and the love of God even if they reject the message, they're worthy of that love and service Amen. and help. Okay. The people. It doesn't matter if their culture is different than yours. It doesn't matter if they believe different than you. If, you, if their lifestyle is sinful, what is it to you? What is stopping you from loving them and being in community? Amen? Amen? By being with them, you're not saying you're supporting that. I get asked this question all the time. Who did Jesus die with? The sinners. The sinners, the tax collectors, the prostitutes. The broken, right? You need to stop this inward-looking thing and go outward. Jonah was sent out and he went. All right, so this is why we're calling it, the next slide please, is the battle of two wills. Because what we're going to see here is what happens when we decide to fight God on this. And I've told you, we are Jonah. We fight God's will all the time. When we know what to do and we don't do it, the Bible says to him that is sin. So you know what to do, and you don't do it. You now are exercising your own free will in opposition to God's will. And that's the tale of Jonah. We're going to see how this plays out. Okay. So a couple other uh, notes on Jonah is that this book really is loaded with satire, right? So I didn't. I don't know if you know this, but the Bible has a lot of different kind of writing in it, and one of them is satire. Now, if you don't know what satire is, the, the Cambridge Dictionary says this it's a humorous way of criticizing people or ideas to show that they have faults or they're wrong. So, in our life, I, it's so tough to find modern satire because it will offend people. It doesn't matter where you're at politically, I'm going to offend you. And this is a nightmare. So, I found a cartoon that offends both sides. Check this out. <laughs> so, this is satire, right? I made the mistake of saying, uh, Take me to your leader, and we have a, a Biden and a Trump guy argument. Okay? So, is the message about the aliens? No. What is the message this cartoon is portraying? Is that we have a divided people that arguing who is the real leader? That's that's the point of the cartoon. So that's satire. It's making fun of a couple of knuckleheads. This is satire, right? So this is what Jonah is. This is satire. Now, more famously, we have shows like Saturday Night Live. Anyone, you know, fan of the show, or watch it, right? And then uh, we have, here's another picture. You know, like this guy always made me laugh, like Jon Stewart. You've always cracked me up. Now, it doesn't matter if you agree with the politics. I'm just a big, good fan of laughing. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, lampooning people is funny, too. But this is satire, and satire is meant to make you think. When you point out how ridiculous something is, someone's, you, you, you exaggerate, right? You blow it up, and then you can see how absurd it is, and it gets you thinking about it. And if we're all being honest, satire really affects the way we think, even today, like I said, all these shows, right? Somebody does something, it goes viral, we think about it. Oh, I know. So the Bible is employing this. Now, so I'm going to give you a couple examples, and, it, and some of this is going to be more clear. Jonah, the son of Amitah. that's what it says the guy's name is Jonah, the son of Amitah. That means dove, son of faithfulness. Here's our first bit of satire: Is Jonah faithful? No. no, right? So immediately, dove, the son of faithfulness, ran away from God. Okay, right? So satire starts us off right away. It's meant to point to us how silly uh, Jonah is. Um, there is satire because we I told you he said man I knew that once I gave him the message all the people would repent he goes and then he says I would rather die <laughs> Like it's satire because the prophet's main job is to deliver God's word and any other prophet in their right mind if you delivered the message and the people responded to God's message you think you've done your job so all this happens for Jonah he's like man that sucked kill me it's like this is satire right he's like how, how ridiculous is this guy? Even when he finally drug got drugged doing God's word, he has the audacity to say kill him. Okay. A couple other things, and then we'll launch. You're like, you've already launched into it. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about a couple uh, big things in one. This story is the reason why it's in kids' literature is because this is big Hebrew storytelling up on the on the on the slide here. If you pay attention to the adjectives they use, like the one two that says, go to the that great city. 1, 4, but the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. Like, you're going to see all these really big, intense words, right? So, this is a big satire story. He's painting these big pictures. Like, we want to see everything as humongous. This would be a Michael Bay movie, right? We got explosions. We got whales and ships and judgment and anger. Like, we got all this, right? Then, other words like hurled. I think we have this one up next. This is from PSV. It says, the Lord hurled a great wind. and They hurled the cargo in the sea. They picked up Jonah, and they hurled him into the ocean. Right? And it's just, it's big. This is a big story, big action here. Okay. Shall we read Jonah? Let's go. Jonah chapter 1. So now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amitah, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found his ship going to Tarshish. And he paid the fare and went down into it and to go with him to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship, had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, what do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God, perhaps the God will give you, give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil, this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lots fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, tell us how this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? That's weird. And where did you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, God of made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid, and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men know that he, would, the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous." He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the man rode hard to get back to dry land. But they could not, for the sea grew more and more contemptuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O oh Lord, let us not perish for this man's life. What we're going to spend the rest of our time on here is going to be two main things that are happening right now in the book of Jonah that are relevant to us. The first is the idea of fleeing. This is found in 1.3, that he heard the word and he decided to flee from the presence of the Lord. Now, our next slide is a map if you want to see what Jonah's plan is. Here's a map. He went down to Joppa. You see that's right on the right hand side of the screen there. He could have made the trip to Nineveh, which is about 550 miles. That's still a long trip. But what our man does, he decides to get on a boat to fly and fly and sail to Spain, which is 2,500 miles away. In biblical times, this is the other end of the world. Here's the picture they're painting for us. He decided to go to Timbuktu. He decided just to go as far as I get me on a ship and what's the furthest place you can go? It's going to be Tarshish over there in Spain. Sounds good. Jonah gets on the boat? Now, fleeing from the presence of the Lord is actually found all the way back in the beginning of your Bible, in the early parts of Genesis. Adam and Eve, they didn't flee from God's presence, but what did they do from His presence? They hid from His presence. What caused them to hide? Sin, right? Yeah, they were naked, but it was sin, right? They they had knowledge of themselves. It was sin caused them. So we're going to start to see a pattern that sin actually causes us to run from God's presence. Now, Jonah was in direct rebellion to God as a prophet. He said, go to this city. And he didn't. So is Jonah in sin? And do you think the sin just started right at this moment? I would say no. If you have the guts as a prophet to say no to God, the sin has started a long time ago. Jonah is a man in rebellion and opposition to God. Right? God had other prophets, but he called Jonah for this one for a reason. Because Jonah also had hate in his heart towards people. Right? Does God ever command us to hate anybody? Even people that abuse speak against us, right? He says to love. Jonah is a man laden down in sin. So he decides to run from the other side. Next up, we have Cain and Abel. And we know Cain kills Abel. Then Cain decides, the Bible says, that he leaves. He flees from the presence of the Lord after this murder. It's in Genesis 4 if you want to read it. So I won't give you all the things because we'll be here forever. But a normal reaction in the Bible is when you're fleeing the presence of the Lord, this is not a good thing. Amen? Now, we know this is a fool's errand. Psalm 139, 7-10, one, uh, teaches us this. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If, my, if I make my bed in Sheol, the lower parts of the earth are dead. So it says, You are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, does that sound familiar? If I go to the bottom of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. It's funny, I think he put to the bottom of the sea. I really do think this is a Jonah thing. I can't prove it, but it is where He goes, if I go to heaven, I go to hell. You're there. If I fly up in there, you're there. If I go to the bottom of the ocean, you're there. So the idea, Jonah should know this. He's a prophet. This idea, I'm going to run from God. And the scripture clearly teaches us. He's the one guy we can't run from. doesn't matter how hard you bury yourself. There's always one who sees you. It doesn't matter all your defense mechanisms. It doesn't matter all your sin. All these things that you think, there's one who sees the real you. And I think it sounds creepy if you're not a Christian. But it sure is encouraging me that there is one who really knows me. Who really knows my hurts and the things that have been done to me. Who knows, He's intimate. the Bible says he's intimately acquainted with me. I can't lie to him, because we sure do lie to ourselves, right? We do something wrong, and we have all these reasons. Oh, I did it because, oh, you don't know the situation. It doesn't matter, right? God knows. He knows the real you, right? And sometimes you just need somebody to know that. Amen. Okay, here's the second thing we're going to see. And this is the most important one to me. And this runs throughout Jonah 1, is the idea of going down. Let's hit the slide for me here. It says, I want you to notice how the Bible presents this. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Jonah He bought uh, the ship there, and it says he went down to the ship. The mariners were afraid, and they cried out. In verse 5, says God, uh, they threw out the cargo of the ship and seized, and lighted the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship. And then Jonah gets swallowed by a fish and we're going to see next week, Pastor Tracy to talk about how the whale goes and he's went down to the bottom of the ocean. The Bible says he's there at the very, very bottom. So it's down, 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 down. And this is a great picture of selfishness and sin. What's happening? So we've already determined that Jonah is in sin. An unrepentant sin. And what his sin is causing him to do just to go down, down, down. Now, I mentioned Tim Mackey earlier. He has this great thing where he talks about Jonah, and he says that Jonah is the example he uses is that he's asleep at the wheel in his own life. And here's the example. And maybe many of you have done this. So, have you ever been on a road trip, or you're driving somewhere, and you're listening to like a podcast or music, or you're talking on the phone, hopefully hands-free. And then, like, 30, 40 minutes goes by, and you don't even remember driving. You're like, oh, man, I just drove 20 miles. Has anyone ever done that? Right? Or you're in your house, and you're doing something like, like you put your wallet in the fridge. Has anyone ever done something stupid like that? Like you're talking, you're doing something, and you're on autopilot. You're putting stuff away, and next thing you know, your wallet goes to the fridge. And then you spend the next, like, day and a half looking for it, and you should just lift up the butter trigger or something like that. But that's being asleep at the wheel, that we can do several things. And one, thing's, one thing that Jonah is teaching us, and we're going to talk about this, is that sin really does put us to sleep. Right? Because we see in the story, so here's the satire and the stupidity of Jonah, but it's telling us something. So Jonah goes down, 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 and he's in the ship, goes down to the bottom, and he's asleep. And they wake up Jonah. You remember this question that said, so who are you? What's your occupation? You know, what should you do? He says, oh, I'm a Hebrew he says, I serve the God who made the oceans. So Jonah decides to run from the God who made the ocean on a boat. <laughs> is this a good idea? This guy's an numbskuller, right? It's like, hey, this is, would be the one domain you don't run from the ocean, God. It's, it's by design that he says this, right? And the other guys are like, man, pray to your God. And you notice the craziness is because all the other, you know, sailors, polytheists, right? They all have different gods. They start praying to the Hebrew God. But you notice the one guy not praying is Jonah, right? So all these other like, people that don't believe in God are praying, right? And Jonah's the one guy not praying. He's asleep, you know, goes to bed at the bottom. So we have another picture here. So Jonah is lulled asleep by his sin, but his see what his sin is doing to everybody else? He's asleep. So we have a problem in Western culture because we, especially here in the United States, is we're individuals. We're big on individual rights, individual freedoms, Right? And we like it that way. I'm not i I'm not this is not a knock on our culture. I like it this way. I want to be left alone. If up to me, I'm living in Montana. I'm doing the unabomber thing without the bomb. I'm very close <laughs> You laugh, but you don't know me. Yeah. My wife keeps me here. Interacting with people. But I would buy a guitar and a cool knife. I don't know. I think Daniel's telling me he's gonna hunt beaver. First Daniel, Daniel. has <laughs> Keelan. Not you. Sorry. I just rolled you into the Caleb's in the classroom. Oh, he's in the classroom. We have another guy that wants to move out to the woods and he wants to, like, kill, trap beavers and pelts. It's awesome. He's not going to do that. But, anyways, here's my point. What is my point? Oh, yeah. Is we're individualistic people. And that's our culture. And so when we think of sin, we have the thing, you've heard the expression, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Like, whatever sin you do, it just stays with you. As long as it doesn't hurt you, you're okay. Sin is okay. But, the actual problem is sin actually hurts everybody around you, too. It doesn't only hurt you. You're held responsible for it, but it hurts everybody around you. So think of the person, the human being that traffics a miner. How many people's lives are wrecked when one miner is trafficked? Right? He's committed the sin, but that miner's life is hurt. Right? What about the person who buys it? Like You see the trail of it buys her. You see the, the trail of sin and brokenness. What about the man who has an affair with his wife at work? Does that sin only affect the man? Could it also affect the wife? Could it affect the kids in that relationship? I mean, sin just starts running. It's rampant. And so Jonah's painting this picture that Jonah's the one in rebellion. If Jonah wasn't on the ship, man, they're they're going to Spain. Life is good. They They get to keep their cargo. They lost everything, and they're panicking. And the one guy whose fault it is, who should be caring, is asleep. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Jesus slept in the storm, these are two different characters. Right. Right? Because Jesus got up and rebuked the waves. And the only way to stop the waves here was to hurl Jonah into the ocean. Right? Because he was the problem. So they're not related in this story. And the image we're seeing here is that the man of God in sin is causing more problems for everybody that is around him. And again, we've got to slow ourselves to sit here and judge Jonah. Is the idea is to shine the mirror back on our lives. Like, what is my sin doing to those people around me? It's not about you. If there's one thing I could, if you ask me what is the impetus of Christianity, is that it's not about you anymore. We are selfish people. We want everything for us. We what about me? What about my wants? I was telling Trace this morning. My wife loves this expression that there's there's two kinds of people in the world. Let's say we were supposed to have a pizza party in this room and we bought one pizza. Classic. I've ever been to a party like this. This happens. And that one person says, hey, there's not enough pizza here. Let me just take one slice to make sure everybody gets a piece. Now, this kind of person says, there's not enough pizza here for everybody. I better take three slices so I can get full. right?" And the problem is, is Christianity, Like we should be moving from the let me fill up my plate, should be let me make sure your plate is full first. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm right here. Right? But we're talking about Jonah his selfishness. Now he's just content to sleep it all away. Everybody else around him loses everything. they throwing the cargo over. The ship is going to be broken up. In Hebrew, when it says that the ship was was about to break up, this is very interesting. Again, it's satire. It actually reads correctly. Is the ship thought about breaking up? It's like the ship was like, hmm, should I break up right now? Should I? I mean, we have this picture that the ship was like, nah, I don't know how much longer I want to hold on to this thing, But Like God is divinely orchestrating this big, big mess. So, what are we to do about this? So these are the two big main themes that are happening and Trace is going to take us into next week. And because Jonah is meant to be a satire mirror of God's people. I My, my challenge to you would be is, is to do this. Because knowing something and doing something we, we started off on two different things is start taking inventory. Like, where are you in rebellion? Where have you known to do something and you haven't done it? And the longer you stop and you don't do these things, you are going to sleep. There's people that that they've been Christians their whole lives and and then you hear them say, oh, I'm not a Christian anymore. Well, holy cow, how did this happen? It's not because they, they read a mean tweet They read a book. These seeds got planted a long time ago. They lulled themselves asleep, right? They started, and I'm not. I I think you should read things that object to your faith. Like I I honestly think it makes you stronger. You shouldn't be thinking about these things, right? Because you have to go out in the world and talk to people, right? And you can't. Don't live under a rock. You're not Patrick Star. If you get the reference, right? You can't go. There's two laps, That's fine, That's. He's not a smart man. He's a smart man. You can't run out and live in a cave. Let's use it that way. Right? We need to be exposed to these things. But the reason why we start standing on a shaky ground is because we let sin in and that we don't do anything about it. And the scripture here teaches us that we start to fall asleep. We become dead to spiritual things. You become dead to God. Not that he's dead, right? But the fact that you just can't hear. There's a point where you could just tell him no. He's like, hey, I want you to do this. You're like, nah, you run to the other side of the world and think that you're going to get away with it, right? This is insanity. So take inventory. It's like, hey, what am I doing that I know I shouldn't be doing? Like, what am I allowing? Like, they have, and I'm the same way. Like, I, you know, you know, the big joke is like, preaching makes hypocrites of us all. But the problem is we're all guilty of this. Somebody has to talk about this text. Okay, it's me, right? Because I feel bad telling you this, knowing there's areas in my own life that, I, boy, I just got to fix just have to fix it. Because I know better. That's the problem I do know better. Here's the problem is Jonah knew better. We have this story here is to look and say, hey, am I just becoming spiritually dead in this area? It's like a, a limb that starts to atrophy. Have you closed your heart up towards people where God's like, man, I want you to love this person, help this person. Oh, they're just too difficult. Pause. The Bible says the Lord will strengthen you for whatever you have to do. Have you prayed about it? Like, Maybe you're just doing this in your own strength, right? If this thing is just wiping you out, that whatever you got to do, is being, you're being wiped out. Pray, get accountability, get help. Like you're not on your own, right? Like don't go to the bottom of the ship and go to sleep. Like we're in community for a reason because all the sailors prayed, and they figured out what to do. They got the storm. You know what their prayer was? They wanted to have the storm stop. They got their answer. Throw that guy out of the boat. They got the prayer answered. That's amazing. In community, right? <laughs> There's a couple guys picked up Jonah. So how do we make sure we're not asleep? Is is doing that inventory. It's repentance, right? And then it's moving back in that right direction. You've heard repentance. It really means is to turn in the other direction, go the other way. And that's by design, is because when you're not repentance, you're fleeing from the presence of God. And that's what that is. That's why we repent, is we turn that we move back towards God. And no, none of us here have gone too far. The Bible says there's nothing that can take you out of his, his hand, right? You belong to him, you belong to him. We can turn in repentance. Ephesians 5.14, the very last scripture today. For anything that becomes visible is light, therefore it says, the wake sleeper sleep and arise from the dead. Christ will shine his light on you. I prayer for you, so you wake up. If you're feeling that your life is spiritually stagnant, you're not hearing from the Lord, things just aren't going, life isn't going as you, as you planned. You're like those, you might be Jonah, maybe you're on that ship and everything is crashing around you and everything is breaking up. You just can't figure out what's going on. Pray for that light. Pray. If there's someone else that's causing your ship to sink, right? maybe you're on the boat with a Jonah is pray for them to wake up. Amen? Like, how do I pray for these things? You pray that they would see that light, that they would see their sin. Right? Because God loves us too much just to let us go. I mean, here's the point of the story. It's like, is Jonah's life wrecked because of this? No, Jonah is also delivered to this. Supernatural. Trace, we're going to talk about this next week. But the point isn't the whale, this big creature that we have here. The point is the lengths God would go through to reach people that need his message. Another meta thing that we're going to see in the coming weeks. But God's heart is for the people. And we're the ones that stand in the way of reaching a lost and dying world. That's the story. He wants to reach a broken humanity, He wants sin to stop. I mean, we live in a world that we've screwed up. He didn't mess these things up, right? It's our sin. We're the ones that traffic. We're the ones that are racist. We're the ones that say hurtful things. We're the ones that don't help people even though we're told from cover to cover, this is how you should live. Right? He wants to reach this world. Imagine if everybody just did these kind of things. It would be, it would be a socialist paradise. <laughs> if you're taking care of each other's needs, everybody would have enough food, we'd have roofs over our head. I'm not saying that. Don't read into that. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Is I have extra, so let me give it to you. The problem is, I gave it to you, you put it on a praise list, and now we're not friends anymore. Right? Like, we know how this all shakes out. But pray about these things. Pray. Because that's what happens. Like, don't, don't get angry at that person that's asleep. Like, they've, man, this happens to us all. I've been asleep. I am asleep in areas. Just pray that we would wake up. Amen? Well, what we're going to do now, I'm going to pray. We're going to sing, uh, we normally sing a response song of praise. So let's pray, and then we'll, let's just worship the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you.